Welcome to the Optimist Futures Podcast, a place to learn from an industry insider with over 20 years of experience in commodity futures and options. Gain insight to the newest technology, platforms, risk management, trading philosophy, and advice about the current state of the futures and options markets. For futures trading platforms, deep discounts trading commissions, overnight margins, and instructional videos, feel free to visit our website at optimistfutures.com. Please remember that this matter should be viewed as a solicitation to trade. Trading futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should therefore carefully consider whether such trading is suitable for you in light of your financial condition. Optimus Futures LLC is not affiliated with, nor does it endorse any trading system, methodologies, newsletter, or similar service. We urge you to conduct your own due diligence. Now, here's your host, founder and CEO of Optimus Futures, Matt Zimberg. Hey traders, I hope uh, everybody's doing well. We're uh, near the weekend, so I hope you guys will have a chance to uh, rest well. And those of you working from home, is just, I guess, uh, another day in paradise. So, uh, first of all, I wanted to... Uh, Thank you for all the listeners and all the positive feedbacks I've been getting. Um, just wanted to reach out to as many people as I can. If you are listening to this podcast through YouTube, if you can click the like button and put a few good comments, I'd appreciate it. Um, if you are listening to it on Spotify or Apple or any of those devices, just if you can give us a good review, I would really appreciate it. I'm trying to help as many people as I can, and uh, I want to reach um, a big crowd, naturally. Um, it's hard just uh, being, um, just doing things without the help of, you know, our supporters and our fans. So, um, in any case, today I'm going to have another topic that I'm going to talk about, and but I thought I'd show some gratitude uh, as well, and uh also, I wanted to say one of our uh, listeners, John, thank you. Um, I read your comments all the time. Thank you for doing that. Um, I did a podcast last week that's called Trading is Not About Predicting the Markets. And John said something very intelligent. He said that I recently added a rule to my process. Forecasting ends at trade execution, which is really fantastic. You know, I, uh, if I could, I would rename uh, actually, the podcast to that name, but because you were an original guy, uh, I'll let you keep it. And uh, also, thank you to my friend Patrick, the hardest working guy at uh, Trading Technologies, a good friend of mine, been listening to this. So, thank you. Uh, Patrick works for uh, Trading Technologies, a uh, great uh, web based company that we use as well for execution very fast over the web. Uh, really one of the better ones out there and obviously I don't need to tell you about TT Trading Technologies historical company in the business of futures trading Patrick thank you for all your kind words you're fantastic appreciate the work ethic that you have of, had over all those years so uh, today I'm going to talk about um, a little bit about size um, as you guys know I, I approach a lot of things from um, you know from uh, uh, um, 
from a size perspective because from a risk and size because I think it has a lot of um, effects on your bottom line. So <clears throat> here's the thing that, that that how I got into the head of some traders to truly understand what they're thinking about and in order to actually unplug those ideas out of their head. So a lot of traders, when they call brokers like us, what they do is that they negotiate the margin, right? So in their head, they have a certain account size, the higher the leverage, you know, they want to max it out, you know, the bigger the chance they have in making money, which is completely not true. I actually say that you have to deleverage trade at a certain size for many years and incrementally grow it and have the patience to do that. We all have our own risk tolerance. But, you know, in, in, in the thing that uh, came to uh, my mind when talking to those traders, one of the things that I realized is that what they say when I asked them, are you really going to use it, is the answer, uh, their answer is, well, just in case. So I'll give you a very specific example. I would Somebody would say, I want to invest X amount of dollars and I want to trade 10 E-mini. And my question is, are you really going to trade it? And the answer sometimes is, no, of course not, but just in case. So I started thinking about what does this just in case means for many traders. And by the way, a lot of people say it, I want the highest leverage just in case. And I really did not grasp what is this just in case. So there's two scenarios for just in case that are possible. And if I'm missing one, you know, let me know. Just put comments underneath or I'd love to hear from you. But just in case means that you want to add money to losing positions to try and recover, which is definitely not the right way to do it. Or it's a trader thinking just in case, just in case the market gives you this perfect setup that you can go in and basically get the big bang for your cash, for your deposit. So the first one, you know, which is adding money to losing positions, that's been discussed a thousand times. I don't even want to touch it. I'm totally against it. If something goes against you, you should not add money. And I did speak before in other podcasts the difference between adding money to losing positions and scaling in because scaling in is pre-planned way ahead of time. It's not something that they do spontaneously. But in any case, that's in, a, uh, in, an, in the other podcast. The one that I want to focus about is the what, when the traders think that there's some sort of a setup or some sort of a market condition that they can go in with one with, with above average size and try and, and again, as I said, you know, get the most bank for the buck. So here's what I'm going to tell you. There is never, never an opportunity in the marketplace for you to change the size. Meaning that if there are market conditions out there that, for example, you think have set up some sort of a great setup, it's still not an opportunity for you to take above average risk. And many times, many times it will not work in your favor in the long run. You could have a few trades here and there that you could be a winner and you say, well, thank God I did it. Most of the time it will not work and you will just absolutely, you know, destroy your account. So, you know, get this idea out of your head that there's some sort of a perfect setup 
that justifies above average risk taking. It's there isn't such a thing. So the question to be asked, are there better set up than others? Right? So a trader could have better setup than others, right? So so I'm talking about odds, at least, you know, from a setup perspective, maybe historical. And again, past performance is not indicative of future results, but you could have a setup that you think this setup is better than the other setup. So you have setup number one and you have setup number two. And let's say the setup, setup number two appears once a quarter. It's a great setup and it appears only once a quarter. Does that mean that while waiting for this setup, you should take above average risk? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The, any trade that you take, whether it's a, I hope that every trade you take, you calculate it ahead of time, the risk and reward, and, and I hope that probabilities will work in your favor. But let, let's assume hypothetically speaking that, you know, most of the time you have setup number one. Right And setup number one, let's say, is a 25% chance of success. And historically, and again, past performance, not negative future results, number two was repeats itself 40% of the time. It still does not mean that the trade or the setup that occurs, you know, uh, less frequently would justify taking above average risk. Basically, when you increase the leverage substantially on the trade, you're actually putting everything on the trade. So everything you've built from setup number one incrementally and slowly, building, 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 right? Building it up, you know, and doing well. All of a sudden, you have this other setup and you all of a sudden go. And, and when you, you go, you implement the trade and then you're wrong. And because you did it on the, on the larger size, you've erased everything that you've done before. Not only that it's discouraging, but then it could even get you into more troubles where you could potentially now try and remember, oh, I had all those gains. I made this mistake. Let me try it again and try and recover, you know, what I lost and try to break it where it was. And then you're doing even further damage to yourself. So, again, you know, get this idea out of your head that you could have setups that you can change leverage Um on an ongoing basis. This one I'll do with two lots. This one I will do with five lots. And by the way, this applies to every asset class. You really have to trade according to your risk tolerance. And if you have a setup that is higher in in terms of of, um, of odds, you should just take this trade and not necessarily risk everything on that trade. So I hope it helps you. Be consistent because if you're changing size all the time, it's very hard for you also to track your own performance. One of the major perform, performing things out there, for example, for money managers, such as commodity trading advisors, when there's a, well, I shouldn't say non-traders because traders invest in, in um, money managers as well, but investors and, and traders, when they look at, let's say somebody who's a money manager in the futures business, a licensed commodity trading advisor, what they look at is basically the results, the return. They look at the potential drawdowns of how much the account went down to until it's recovered again. And they also um, look at leverage, which is measured um, in terms of uh, margin to equity, right? So it's a little bit hard to determine margin to equity in day trading because 
brokers determine their own day trading so that's really tough but as long as you have one number that's consistent and doesn't change you could potentially use that but essentially you know think of it this way let's say the money manager changed leverage once in a while it changed positions once in a while it really would show very you know results that are all, all, all over the place and that's not what you want to show right i mean at the end of the day what you want to do potentially if you trade is to show smooth curves right smooth curves doesn't mean that it's an arrow that's going up in a straight line it means that a curve that just has reasonable bad periods that you will experience is nobody who can be consistent good all the time or a market that can be good to you all the time but essentially what you want to do is show some sort of a smooth curve you know of ups and downs and essentially you know and with the hopes that it, it is going up in your favor now what happens you know after let's say three months six months or a year you can evaluate and you can say you know i this is the returns that i generated this is the drawdown that i had this is the, the margin to equity if those three things are getting changed all the time then there's nothing to measure there's nothing to measure. If one day you're trading three lots, next day five lots, next day 10 lots, then you think it's a fantastic opportunity. You go with 10 lots again. Next day you're gun shy because you lost and you trade with one lot. That's just being all over the place and it does not result in anything that's good and consistent. So I'm not telling you how many positions to trade. I don't know how much you have in your account. Um, I'm just telling you to be conservative. Most of the time, majority of people are not conservative because they don't understand the power of leverage. They don't understand that the future contract, how much does he have? Like, for example, if you trade nowadays, a mini S&P, right, which is $50 a point, you actually control um, $175,000, that's that's the size of the contract, one contract that you hold. This is how much in, in terms of um, nominal amount, which is cash amount would be equivalent if somebody did not want to to have want to have leverage at all and just put the equivalent amount of a contract in cash. That's what what, what it would be. So that gives you kind of a perspective of what you control when you increase your size so every, every single contract so if you trade 10 contracts it's 1 million 750 right so if you have a small account and you trade that much obviously it will have major impact on it so again i'm not telling you how much to trade you know that's you know you you have to be intelligent enough to decide that that you know what is the right size in order to maintain fluctuations you know reasonable fluctuations in your account now it's not necessarily what you think you will make what you have to think is about the risk that you will incur. You know, we all can live with the rewards, every single one of us. But what we need to do is think about, you know, the risk. Can we live with the risk? You know, and that gives you a different way of thinking and maybe make you a little bit more modest, right? So again, I'm not telling you how much size you should trade with, but clearly what I want to uh, convey in this podcast is that, you know, don't change size based on your perception of what opportunity the market gives you. The market is the market. It does whatever it is. It's 90% of the time it's in our head, right? It's just what we want to see. It's confirmation bias. You know, we think it's a better opportunity because we, you know, we, we convince ourselves that it is. So whether, whether what's going in our head is true or not, you know, it, it, it's it's um, it, it's basically outside of our control and it's our DNA that's running there. But the one thing you can control consciously 
at the end of the day is really the size that you trade. So again, in conclusion, don't change size, you know, sporadically. Be very smart and strategic as you build your positions. Just going to remind everyone that, that futures trading entails a substantial risk of loss. Past performance, as I said, is not indicative of future results. Please trade only risk capital. Don't put yourself and your loved ones at risk in the markets with funds you cannot afford to lose. So this is my message to everyone. Would love to be your broker. Um, my entire team would love to service you. I have great people in the organization of Optimist Futures. Go to our site, www.optimistfutures.com and uh, see what we offer. If you want to call us, I take calls. I'm not a celebrity. It's a podcast, for God's sakes. It's 1-800-771-6748. You can ask for Matt. Um, or you, if you're calling overseas, it's 561-367-8686. I wish you all the best. And uh, tomorrow's Friday. I'll try to throw another podcast for Friday and just uh, and rest and give you a chance to rest from my voice. All the best and uh, talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Optimist Futures podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, all under the username Optimist Futures. If you have any questions, feel free to send us an email to support at OptimistFutures.com or give us a call directly at 561-367-8686 or toll-free at 1-800-771-6748. Once again, thank you for listening to the Optimist Futures Podcast. Please remember that this matter should be viewed as a solicitation to trade. Trading futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should therefore carefully consider whether such trading is suitable for you in light of your financial condition. Optimist Futures LLC is not affiliated with, nor does it endorse any trading system, methodologies, newsletter, or similar service. We urge you to conduct your own due diligence.